to Lovey's Adventures, sitting here by the nice, warm, cozy fireplace with Milo. As you can tell, we're always up at the crack of dawn, or actually, before the crack of dawn, we're up before the roosters even crow. Milo and I are sitting here snuggled under a super warm, thick blanket. Fireplace is on. He's curled up in a little ball, and we're waiting for the magic to start. Hope you all had a beautiful, beautiful weekend like I did. I'm just so elated and so honored and so humbled by all of the podcast listeners out there making this message possible to be able to be shared around the world. And I'm so thankful that my sister and Heavenly Father are so are with me every single day in all of my adventures and all of the journeys that I do with Milo. And this weekend was about the cozy cottage in the country. And I'm so, I can't wait to to start moving in and getting everything ready and start farming on my little farm. And it's going to be beautiful right before the holidays and right before Christmas, my favorite time of year. I couldn't have asked for a better gift than that this year. So I'm excited to get everything started. And the coffee is almost ready and almost done. But I want to let you all know that we are now officially in nine countries, in 24 states in the U.S. alone, and in 76 cities worldwide. So thank you all for making that dream come true and making that possible for me to share the message with the world of faith, love, hope, and forgiveness, and adventure. <gasps> the magic. Excuse me, Milo. Can I get the magic? It's way too early to get up and do a po- to do a podcast. There's the magic. Oh, that is music to my ears. And I'm making two co- cups of coffee today. One for now, one for the open room. So hope you all had a beautiful, beautiful weekend. I got to go see my new country cottage. And I also get to got to get some horseback riding in and some riding. So I'm so excited whenever I get some riding in because it really rejuvenates my heart and my soul. And especially when I get to get in some horseback riding. I just love it. It's so tranquil. And then I can't believe that my two very next door neighbors are going to be two horses. <laughs> so yes, I'm probably going to take them some carrots. Horses love carrots and apples. Oh, the fresh smell of Ines Cafe definitely perks me up in the morning, wakes me up. planned for today. We are three days away from 
Thanksgiving, and yes, I am going to gobble till you wobble. Oh, and then I got a special invitation from Tough Mudder Challenge out of Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you all so much for registering me for that event. What I'm going to do is I accept your challenge, but I'm going to have to pick a later date on there. And I'll I'll probably defer that this week uh, to another date in another location, only because it's two weeks away for December 7th is our next event. And I am not afraid of the challenge. It's just I'm not in shape for the challenge, so I need a little bit more time to actually get ready and I've been out of the loop and even uh, doing any kind of tennis training lately just because of everything else that's going on in my life right now. So tough mutter challenge out there. I accept, but I'm going to pick the, uh, a near future date and time and location, and I will be in contact with you all shortly. So thank you all so much for making me bring my A game and get back in training. So I look forward to letting you all know about that tough mutter challenge on where it's going to be and when my training is going to start but game on (laughs) and for those of you who don't know what a Tough Mudder challenge is I would say it's between it's an obstacle course of absolute fun and torture (laughs) all at the same time so if you've never had done a Tough Mudder challenge and then it's like a military style um, expedition of an, an entire obstacle course. You can do different level events. You can do uh, a 5K. You can do a 10K. They have different uh, level events that you can do based on your ability and your strength. And you can do it individually or you can do it as a team. And it looks a lot more fun when you do it as a team so I'll probably be trying to put a team together in the near future here. But I, but Tough Mudder, I accept your challenge. Game on, my friends. I'm so excited about that. And then I was also thinking about running the New York City Marathon next November. I'm not sure how far out you actually have to apply for uh, the entrance for that, but that's definitely something that's on my mind. I love running, and I think I got probably, well, actually, I know that I got in the most shape when I'm actually running, and so I'm actually excited about that because I've gotten away from running for a while, but it's one of the things I love to do. So I'll keep you posted on that as that happens, but that's going to happen later in the future. by the fireplace or not I'm going back to bed Milo has his own room (laughs) in case you guys haven't figured that out by now for the most part he actually sleeps with me all the time but when he wants to sleep by himself he does have his own room and it consists of a couch and a room full of toys (laughs) so that is Milo's room oh it's actually a room full of toys and mommy's socks so when I'm looking for my socks in the morning and I have to put my shoes on, I know that he's always got my extra sock in there somewhere. <laughs> Normally buried under his blanket. Or in his bed. 
thank you to the Nestle Corporation for making such a delicious pot of coffee. So I'm so excited about this new adventure in my life and how everything is going. It's going extremely well and according to God's plan and with an upcoming caving expedition with Thanksgiving right around the corner. It's just simply perfect. And I will tell you the first time, I'll tell you about the first time that I went caving. And I, you know, you never know what that's going to feel like. You don't know what that's going to be like. But since my upcoming book of called We Cave, We Adventure, We Explore is right around the corner. I'm waiting for that message from God to say, publish it now. And that time is not quite yet. Although the manuscript is already ready to go. Uh, I will tell you the first time I went, uh, I was actually scared because I didn't know, I didn't know what kind of clothes to wear, I didn't know what kind of shoes to wear, I didn't know what kind of headlamp to wear, and I didn't know what kind of helmet to wear, and none of that, I was completely ill-prepared. <laughs> I didn't know what kind of backpack that you needed to take, if you needed to take one, and how long we were going to be underground, and you know, as, as a trip leader, one of the things that I have learned is that when you're going to get a group of people you do need to share all of those details and even though you share those details with them sometimes you really need to make sure that they are prepared for what you're about to embark on so you need to give them send them an email or call them in person especially with new people you really need to make sure that they understand what they're getting ready to get into and that they're prepared with the attire that they've got because one of the things i didn't realize is that I didn't understand that when the cave expedition was done that decontaminating your clothes meant undressing there at your vehicle or at the exit of the cave to ensure and put everything in a sealed plastic bag which includes your shoes to help protect and preserve the cave and then when you got back to your car you would normally decontaminate as much as you could there and then do the rest of it at home and so I was... (laughs) I was just so not prepared, like I forgot my flip-flops, I forgot cleaning towels, like towelettes, uh, disinfectant spray that you would spray on all of your gear, like your, if you took your phone underground, you normally don't want to take anything that can't be decontaminated afterwards, and so I remember being so nervous and really trying to hold my own that day, but because I had such really great trip leaders that really made me feel comfortable and at ease, The trip actually went very, very, very well. So I remember when I went underground, uh, it was funny because I I, I love to wear pink. And so I was dressed all in pink from head to toe. And I remember I didn't have a cave helmet and they didn't have loner gear at the time. So I remember going out to Walmart and I bought me a pink bike helmet. And then I zip tied all of the lights to my helmet because they have a bunch of cave lights. So if you ever need quick caving gear or quick cave lights, they've got them there at Walmart. They have those little miniature ones that you can buy for like 99 cents. And those work great on the side of your helmet. And so I remember I bought these zip ties. Well, actually I had a bunch of zip ties, but I just zip tied all the lights to my helmet because the helmet was super soft on the inside and it was hard on the outside. And if you can wear it bike riding and fall, then I figured, oh, you know, then it will, it will suffice in the cave. Plus, they don't normally make caving helmets in pink. And so this has been my caving helmet from the beginning. And I don't know if anybody's ever really noticed that it's a bike helmet, but I didn't care because it was pink. (laughs) So to all of the cave people out there uh, on Rope One or any of the other gear people that make caving gear, us girls, 
love colors and my favorite color is pink and the traditional caving helmets are not super comfortable so if you look at the design of a bike helmet how it's padded on the inside that is my favorite type of helmet to wear is so much more comfortable when you hit the top of your head on a rock and trust me I have hit my head quite a few times and so it adds a lot more cushion but you have to be very careful when you're done outside a cave that you could actually spray it down and decontaminate it quite quite well so you have to spray it a lot <laughs> to make sure it gets decontaminated correctly so I remember I, I went and got that and I was wearing um I did actually wear long sleeves, thank goodness, and I did buy elbow pads and knee pads, and shout out to Harbor Freight for those, because they make the best uh, elbow and knee pads, and you can use them over and over and over, and you could also get them at Walmart if you get them in the kids' uh, soccer section, it's like they have where all the baseballs are, and baseball gloves, I actually got caving gloves from there as well, because they have child size gloves that fit my hands perfectly and normally you can get them for like a buck 99 and so if you ever need to dispose of them you can because inside of a cave you never want to go without wearing gloves because when you touch the formations you always want to be very very careful inside of a cave and so I always buy a black pair gray pair and a red pair and my sister actually had some bright fluorescent yellow ones and those actually came out really good in photos and underground I could always tell where she was because they kind of glowed in the dark or they at least stood out when I took pictures in the lighting and so I could always tell where she was inside of a cave and so I highly recommend that you get fluorescent type gloves or bright yellow ones they work the best and then uh, I had knee pads as, as well and so I did wear some stretch pants and a long sleeve shirt but I dressed in layers that day because some caves are really cold and some are really warm so you want to dress in layers just depending on what it's like on the inside and then the moment that you go underground you start to you know get hot and sweaty because you're moving underground you're crawling through crevices you're in dirt you're on your face in the mud you're you're doing all kinds of uh, movement underground and sometimes you're literally crawling on your belly and so as we were embarking on this cave that day I remember looking at the entrance of this very first one that we went to thinking oh my god what did I get myself into can I really do this but because as a trip leader you normally have a strong person on the front end and a very strong person on the back end the people in the middle that are normally all the newbies or less experienced cavers they tend to help guide you along the way and so you feel pretty comfortable as you're going through and they kind of walk you through what the passages are going to be like we're going to go down you know 10 feet and then we're going to take a right and then we're going to go to the left this one has a vertical passage or a horizontal passage it's 100 feet 50 feet you're constantly talking to the people that you're with going underground and you even do a prep talk before you go into the cave so they kind of know what to expect you do a safety talk and you tell them all about the cave and the entrance and what to expect. So if you've already been inside a cave before and you know that there's bats and possibly snakes or rough terrain or it's going to be wet and muddy in some areas and slippery in others, you need to make sure that you tell them those things. That way they're completely prepared. Tell me how many exits there are if you know of any. Let them know whether or not it could possibly be flooded and what we need to do in the case of emergency evacuation and then let everybody know 
who the emergency call out is and you never, never, never go underground without having an emergency call out. And what that means is that the day that you're going to go on an expedition, you let somebody else know how many people are going underground, what time you plan on going in, and what time to expect you to get out. And then when you do arrive on the surface, the moment you can put that phone call into them, your goal is to make sure you call them before that call out time. So if you say the latest we're going to go, we'll we'll be out is by 8 p.m. because we used to do a lot of night expeditions, then you better be calling them by 8 o'clock. They'll give you a little bit of wiggle room, but if not, this way they know that they can call search and rescue and give them the GPS coordinates of what cave you're going to be inside and and how long you expect it to be underground that way. And you also let them know where you're going to be parking. That way if they need to find you, they can find the trail to go to the cave in which you reside. So you want to always make sure you always have a call-out person. And I always normally have two for safety. But the first cave I went into, it was so funny because I had checked all of my lights. And sure enough, all three of my lights went out. And I didn't take a backup pair that, that particular day. And they normally say, never go without extra batteries and never go without an extra light pack and in my case I didn't realize the extra light pack and I did not bring one I brought extra batteries but the connection because I kept hitting my head as a new person you lose your sense of of eyesight which means you're normally used to looking forward inside of a cave but you or just as you walk but you can't inside of a cave you'll sometimes tilt your head you'll have to tilt your head to the right or to the left and you don't see, you can't see inside of a cave the way that you would like outside because you have to fit your head through tight passages. Well, I wasn't really used to what that would look like or feel like, and so I was hitting my head constantly on the rocks and the formations, and you do need to be very careful when you're inside a cave, but I remember as a result of that, all three of my lights went out, and it was dark. So imagine for a moment being underground as a new caver and losing all three of your headlamps. It was terrifying. But rule number one, don't panic. Your heart starts to palpitate. You look around for others. You look for the other sign of light and you call out, Hey, my lights just went out. Luckily that day my trip leader actually had, and actually several people had, extra uh, an entire headlamp and so we went in and stopped and and put that on my helmet and put the other ones away and later they figured out that the wire actually had disconnected from the battery pack and so they had to solder that back together and they got it working again but after that first experience I learned always take an entire extra light pack with you several if you need to you can take as many as you want to you always want to travel as light as possible but i will tell you after that day i never go out with go without at least three extra light sources in my pack that will fit on my helmet extra batteries and extra light sources and then enough for somebody else in the event that they lose their light pack i have extras for myself and extras for them as, as well especially if you're the trip leader but that was a very interesting day because i just 
was in a state of shock and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it out of this cave alive. And luckily your trip later, they'll come to the rescue and help walk you through and change it out. And everybody kind of takes a time out while you're, while you're doing that. And the good thing about cavers, no one ever gets left behind in a cave. And so I remember coming out of that cave. It was, it was a wet cave. So we got to the uh, exit of the cave and some parts of the cave were so tight that the rock was between your chest and your back and you were wedged in between and you had to fill your way with your feet or your arms and crawl down and you were nose to the ground and dirt in some areas and at the very end there was a 177 foot water passage and you could take the corkscrew route which I knew my body size probably wouldn't fit through there or you could take the water passage out. And so I'm all about water. I'm a water girl by nature. So I chose the water passage and it was hypothermic cold. So if you're not prepared for that, when you get out, that's one of the reasons why you change And after a cave, because you can get it covered head to toe, not only in dirt and mud, but also in water. And so once you're out of the water, you want to get warm pretty quickly. And so you can always take extra clothes in your bag and put them in sealed tie bags. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot to do. Um, I had my phone in my wallet, my driver's license, all of that in my wallet. But because we were going through a water passage, I did not have a watered sealed tight bag to store them. So luckily the cave leader that day had that with them. So even though I took my backpack with me, it was not waterproof. So you definitely want a waterproof bag because you never know what the passages are going to be like. Because most caves are formed from water. Whether the ocean used to be there before and formed this cave many millions of years ago, or water currently flows through there and keeps the cave growing continuously during the monsoon season. And so some upper passages will have pots of water that maybe have never dissolved but you always want to carry with you inside your bag also waterproof bags so that you can put your phone your wallet your keys stuff that are really really important so i went to walmart that same day and probably got three or four uh, airtight bags that they sell in a package so you could use that going forward but that was a fun, amazing trip going underground. But now that I've been on my first expedition, I know what to expect and I know what to help share others do. And as you're going to a cave, we had a geologist with us who was also our expedition leader that day. And he helped walk you through what all the formations look like, how the cracks happen during a uh, during a earthquake. And where your fault lines are and it's amazing how lost underground you can get pretty quickly your sense of direction because your compasses will sometimes not work and they because you change directions immediately underground sometimes and so you if you follow the fault lines that normally is your guide as to whether or not you're going north and south or east and west and so you always want to try to remember not only how you go into a cave but always turn around and look how you how you could get out of a cave. Because if you had to go backwards, would you be able to identify the inside of a cave? And so when you're practicing, you practice caving, it's a good idea to go both directions just so that you know how to navigate yourself inside that cave and outside of a cave.
in case of emergency for the people that you're leading on the inside. Because caves look different when you go backwards. The formations are different. Your feel, your sense of feeling of the area is different. So it's good practice. Now, some caves are actually marked. So if you ever see these little metal gadgets that are hanging up on the side of the wall, and they have these little fluorescent little stickers on them, red is normally for the exit, just like you would see in an airplane, and green or yellow is for the entrance. So they sometimes, depending on the size of the cave, they'll actually have those set up on the inside so that you know where to go and where how to exit. And they normally have another color or if they're trying to block <clears throat> passages or if they have an area of, let's say, bat bones, they don't want you to touch, but they want you to see, um, they'll normally have that marked off as well. so delicious so not only did I lose my my headlamps that day I was covered head to toe head to toe in water and the water patches that we went in was just deep but it was the most invigorating experience I've ever had and for my trip leader to take ownership and not be afraid and split the group up, group up and let some go up the corkscrew route and some go down the water passage we had total bragging rights that day because nobody in a very long time had exited out that water passage. So on that day, when they asked me what route I wanted to take, and I said, I'm all in. Because water passage can actually be pretty scary because you don't know what's on the ground. You don't know the terrain. And so you really have to walk slow and do a step-by-step without stirring up all of the muck that's in the water otherwise you can't see and then at night it's even harder to see and even with lights it's hard to see but it was amazing to be able to go through there being completely terrified and coming out the other end and surviving that night and then being able to walk back and just think at the very end when you were done I remember that feeling I had I was like I did it I can't believe I did it. I cannot believe that this was my very first expedition. I survived, and the worst scenario happened with my lights. But it was such an amazing experience. I wouldn't give up that experience for anything in the world. And the moment I was done, I knew immediately I'd come back for more. And so I do talk about that cave, that cave in my book. I don't tell you where the location is, but I do talk about that experience in my book. So be looking out for that. And we cave, we adventure, we explore. Such an amazing journey, an amazing day with an amazing group of people. So shout out to all of my cave peeps in my grotto. Thank you for teaching me how to become a very strong expedition leader and to have no fear inside caves and always everything that you've taught me thank you so much from the bottom of my heart that's the day I knew I was an adventure Barbie (laughs) and I survived so there you have it that was my expedition day one of my cave trip expedition expedition days so I remember every chance I got after that I'm like when are we going caving when are we going caving 
this was a night expedition and it was pretty epic because when you come out of the cave and you look up and you see the stars and you're with your entire team that went underground that is a moment you bonded together forever and I loved it I loved every single minute of it so caving is similar to like a Tough mutter challenge where they take you on all sorts of obstacles that you have to overcome and at the end it's about defeating your own fears about getting to the finish line an obstacle that you can overcome a challenge in your life that you want to set yourself out for a goal and that's what I plan on doing so game on Tough mutter. not afraid of y'all <laughs> I will earn my stripes And if you don't know what Tough Mudder is, Google it on YouTube. You'll find out and then you'll realize, oh my God, I can't believe Lovey's Adventures is going to go on a Tough Mudder challenge. And my thought to you is, oh yeah, bring it, game on. I accept the challenge. So here's hoping you have a beautiful, beautiful Monday. And so now that we are in nine countries around the world in 24 states in the U.S. alone and in 76 76 cities worldwide. I wrote you all a poem for today. So as I'm sitting here by the fireplace, Milo in his bed, this poem's for you. As the Christmas lights sparkle and the ornaments are hung on the tree, it's time to celebrate, a time to be free. Dressed in red like Rudolph's nose. Time to squeeze Santa down the chimney before the flutes close. His cheeks so red and full of joy. Santa is coming and bringing lots of toys. Have you been naughty or nice this year? Soon we'll know, my sweet charming dear. So bundle up and let's go for a ride. With Santa's sleigh, let's fly up high. Around the world, let's travel together. For it's Christmas time, a time of forever. So make a wish, for it's you I adore. As they say in Paris, bonjour. So from my heart to yours around the world, happy holidays to all of you, and hope you have a beautiful weekend coming up for the Thanksgiving holiday. Hope you're putting up your Christmas tree and your Christmas lights and celebrating life anew, whatever that is like for you out there. Coffee cheers to a beautiful, beautiful day. Caving underground with all of the bats and the muddy water passages, losing all of my lights and coming out in the end and surviving. Here's to life's adventures. And living your dream and living your adventures every single day of your life. So when you get older and you are sitting on that porch in the front yard, you can look back on life and say, I have no regrets. I have lived my life well. With all of my love, lovey.